listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. This is your host, Tim Link. I'm so glad you joined us today. Uh, my guest today is best-selling author, writer, and Emmy nominee, Julie Clam. And, Hello. Uh, hi, good to hear you. Good to see you here today. <laughs> good to be here. Now, we're, we're going to talk to you a little bit. We're going to ask you a lot of different questions here, so hopefully, right. hopefully get your thinking cap on here. But definitely want to talk to you about your latest book, Love at First Bark, How Saving a Dog Sometimes Can Help You Save Yourself. Right. Yeah. Before we get into all the questions, we're going to take a quick commercial break, give our sponsors a chance to let us know what's going on. So everybody hang tight, and we'll come right back with Julie Clam. You're listening to uh, Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. Buster, you're telling me my dog food products can't go on your shelves? That's right. Didn't pass one of my Petco certified nutrition checklists. Sorry, Wayne. Who made these checklists? Geniuses. Very smart guys. Well, it's good enough for most grocery stores. Do you see cheese puffs on my shelves? Mayonnaise? Soda pop? No. That's because I ain't running no grocery store, Wayne. Your pets will get better nutrition. I guarantee it. Petco, with healthy pets go. Go to PetLifeRadio.com slash Petco and get $6 off your order of $60 or more and up to 40% off hundreds of items at Petco. PetLifeRadio.com slash Petco. Dyson. The new Dyson Animal Vacs are powerful bagless upright vacuums for homes with pets. Air muscle and radio root cyclone technology generates the strongest suction power to powerfully remove dust, dirt, and pet hair from the home or car. To order your Dyson Animal Vac, go to PetLifeRadio.com forward slash Dyson. PetLifeRadio.com forward slash Dyson to order your Dyson Animal Vac today. Dyson. Music to your ears. Hi, this is Ken Jones from the new Prince of Ponds podcast. You are listening to Pet Life Radio. I invite you to come get your feet wet at Prince of Ponds. My show is all about ponds, fountains, waterfalls, and all the critters that live in a water garden. Join me here on Pet Life Radio where I answer your questions. Go ahead, splash me. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back. Welcome back. You're listening to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. This is your host, Tim Link, and I'm here with author, writer, and Emmy nominee, Julie Clam, uh, with her uh, newly released book, Love at First Bark. Julie, welcome to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, our pleasure. Our pleasure. Now, it's a great book, great stories. I'll have to ask you later about some of the things in here about your husband, because being <laughs> deeply involved in a rescue, I know how that it's is. The question, it, 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 it's, it's the first question everybody wants to know about of the day. They want to know if he's for real and all that kind of stuff. We'll save it for later. There you go. It's easier there. But tell us a little bit about the book. Tell us about Love at First Bark. Love at First Bark is a collection of a, a few stories of things that had happened to me when I was promoting my last book, You Had Me at Woof. It was something that I was sort of, you know, I was so conscious of dog things in my life at the at the point that um, that the other book came out, and I sort of decided that while things were going on, I was going to write them down, and then sometime in the future, I would, you know, hopefully have another book. And um, 
I ended up writing it, and it's a shorter book, but it's a book, and it's basically it's a continuation of you had me at Wolf in the in that it's my personal experiences with rescue stories. These are rescue stories that affected me personally in a different way. The first story is about when my husband and I were sort of going through a really rough time and we found this pit bull abandoned tied to a street sign and we sort of spent the day working together to to figure out what to do with this dog. I mean, we were outside with it for the, the whole day and in that we were working together and it was a really good thing for us. You know, it was a, sort of a very different thing when you, I rescue Boston Terriers and pretty much you rescue a Boston Terrier, you know, you get them vetted and see how they are. You put their picture on that finder and then 25 people want to adopt them. With pit bulls, you know, we couldn't get a shelter and we were trying to find rescue shelters. No one would even take a pit bull. So we were really stuck with this different kind of problem it was very eye-opening to have to go through that and the experience of trying to make a difference in that situation sort of helped us make a difference with each other because, first of all, we spent a whole day together and, you know, when you have kids and you don't have money, the first thing that kind of goes out the window is babysitting. So we had, we, it was like the first time we spent alone in like five years and um, we just sort of found that solving this problem was a really good, you know, exercise to do together. The second story in the book was about a Boston Terrier that was unadoptable, that I was fostering, trying to figure out what to do with, and um, she ended up having a host of problems, but it was a really wonderful opportunity for us to see. You don't always know with these things, and sometimes when they come out and they're, they actually have a disappointing outcome, there's a lot to be learned from it. She had had a rough life, and at the very least, she had a, a very good end of her life with us. And the last story was I went to uh, New Orleans this past year to sort of see what was going on in rescue there. I was really interested and always fascinated with the way the people of New Orleans got together when they sort of were at this point where they had nothing left and rescued, you know, thousands and thousands of animals. And, um, and then, you know, again, after the BP spill, they were in, you know, inundated with, uh, with animals needing homes. And so we went along with this rescue group and we visited a lot of shelters. And then we went with this one rescue group and ended up going with them, joining a posse of them to go after this dog who had a jar stuck on its head and help rescue him actually turned out to be a her. <laughs> so it was a lot of odysseys, uh, a lot of adventures, and um, mostly good outcomes. Yeah, and, and I like how the stories in the, uh, you know, they're real-life stories. They're stories that you can really get caught up in as a reader. Uh, but I, I like how it all ties in together, because like you said, with your, your husband, you know, and the fact that it gave you an opportunity to work with him, share a common cause, and get to mm-hmm. a result that worked out best for everybody. Yeah, it was, um, you know, that's something that like, you know, there's so many things that happen in our lives and people's lives that you don't have control over or things that are going wrong that you can't make right yet. You know, your job isn't what you want it to be. Your home isn't what you want it to be. You know, your relationships aren't what you want it to be. And, you know, you have this, you know, it's a very frustrating 
state to be in when you're walking around not being able to accomplish anything. And you get involved with these dogs and you pull them out of hell and save their life and it, you know, you accomplish something. So it's, it's an amazing feeling for yourself. And, you know, it's amazing to help these dogs and how, how great and gracious they are. You know, it's incredibly rewarding and powerful. Absolutely. What are, uh, now, with rescue, uh, obviously, I, I'm definitely a big proponent of rescue. I think all of our animals have been rescues and a former president of a, a no-kill shelter here in Georgia. So definitely work with a lot of rescue groups. And, and I know my how I got involved in it was a little getting my feet wet and then working my way up quickly from there. Tell right. us a little bit about your history of how you got involved with rescue. Well, my first dog that I had as an adult was in was a, a rescue a Boston Terrier named Otto, and he was sort of the dog love of my life. And when, I mean, I felt like getting him was the most amazing thing that ever happened to me. I, I felt like having him turned me into a grown-up. I could be responsible and, and depended on and take care of this creature and also compromise because I loved him so much. I just wanted to, you know, do what was right for him. And when I was pregnant, I'd had him for eight years, and when I was pregnant, he passed away. And it was so devastating, And it, but it was something that I was very sick during my pregnancy, and I, obviously there wasn't much I could do about anything at that point. And so when my daughter was about two and a half, I contacted Boston Terrier Rescue Group and said, you know, I don't know how much I can do. I have a little kid, but I want to help somehow. And the rescue director said, you can't foster because you have a little kid and we don't know about the dogs. You can make phone calls. You probably can't help us with transports because you live in New York City and you can't, you know, drive places. But sometimes there's dogs that need to be pulled in the city. So that was the initial thing. And I thought, I'm never going to hear from them again. And a week later, she called and she said, there's an eight-month-old puppy who's been surrendered in Manhattan. And maybe that is a dog you could foster. So we jumped in with both feet and never, never looked back. So I've been doing it ever since then and fostering and doing, and doing all the things that I, I wasn't actually going to be able to do. <laughs> <laughs> now, I have to ask you, I don't like this terminology, but I'll throw it out there. Uh, you've heard the terminology of being a foster failure. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've been it several times. Yeah, I was going to um, say. It's, I think it's a loving a loving term because it means that you don't end up giving up the foster dog that you have. And sometimes, you know, you have get the dog with the best of intentions that you're going to find a home for it and you just fall in love with the dog and you can't do it and everybody understands that. My group, you know, every time I take a foster dog, they try to, you know, take odds. Nobody ever thinks I can give any dog up. And I've done it twice out of my however many fosters where I've, I've found homes for them. But, um, but for the most part, you know, I tend to fail. And it's not always my fault. Sometimes, you know, it's a dog that's just not very adoptable. And it's hard. It's just too hard to, to put them through it. And sometimes it's my fault because I'm not supposed to look directly into their eyes or something. <laughs> and I do. <laughs> and that's where your husband comes into play when he takes the deep sigh and say, all right, I guess we can do yeah. one more. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, he, you know, it's like, it's not his thing. It's definitely my thing. I'm the one, you know, I'm the dog crazy in, in this family, but he is very supportive of of what I do. And I have brought in, you know, an unending amount of chaos 
you know, the dogs, we had this foster dog, this elderly foster dog that I wrote about in my first book who I thought was going to come here for a little while and we would adopt her out. And it turned out that she was so old and sickly seeming, I thought, you know, she was just going to die. She ended up having puppies in our kitchen at five o'clock in the morning. <laughs> That's one of them now. I didn't get rid of them either. See, um, <laughs> talking bad about them, so there's going to yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're, they're going to be puppies until they're 20 years old. And every time it happens, it's like, I, you know, I sort of feel like um, this is going to be the last one, but then, you know, it, it, it isn't. But he's a very forgiving person. There you go. <laughs> it's always good to support your spouse. And, and for us husbands, we need as many brownie points as we can get. You. So, all the rescue people, all the rescue women that I talk to always tell me something that I run home and tell him, you know, it could be worse. I could be rescuing mules, you know, or, um, you know, I met this woman who, who had 12 Cocker Spaniels in her house. I said, 12? I mean, that, that's all, you know, we have nothing compared to that. And exactly. I don't, think, I don't think it really helps, but. <laughs> you got it as backup just in case. Right, right. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to take a quick commercial break, uh, but when we come back, we'll continue our conversations with Julie Clam, talking more about her book, Love at First Bark. Uh, you're listening to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. Every pet is unique. Maybe they're gray in the muzzle, yet young at heart. Maybe they're growing out of the puppy stage and into their paws and ears. Or maybe they're just trying to maintain a more girlish figure. At PetSmart, we have the right food for your pet at a great value for you. PetSmart. Be better together. Go to PetLifeRadio.com slash PetSmart and save up to 30% on toys, collars, leashes, PetSmart gift cards, treats, and more. Go to PetLifeRadio.com slash PetSmart today. Love your pets but wish their medications were a lot less expensive? They are at 1-800-PET-MEDS. You'll not only save on flea and heartworm medications, but on prescriptions for arthritis, incontinence, thyroid, and more. And you get fast service, free shipping, and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Plus, our licensed pharmacists ensure accuracy, monitor drug interaction, and more. See why over 5 million people have trusted their pet's health to 1-800-PET-MEDS, America's largest pet pharmacy. Call now or order online. Go to PetMeds.com forward slash Lucky, L-U-C-K-Y, to get 10% off any order and free shipping on orders of $39 or more at PetMeds.com. I don't make any decisions about who to hire without going to Angie's List first. You'll find reviews on home repair to health care written by people just like you. With Angie's List, I know who to call and I know the results will be fantastic. Angie's List, who you can trust. Go to Angie'sList.com forward slash rights and get 25% off any subscription. That's Angie'sList.com forward slash rights, W-R-I-T-E-S. This year, Americans are expected to spend a jaw-dropping $36 billion on their pets. From lighted leashes to high-end spa products, the discriminating pet owner can find just about anything to pamper his or her pet. Hi, this is Michelle Fern. 
Join me every week for Best Bets for Pets, where we'll talk about the latest pet products and talk to the companies that make them. Best Bets for Pets, every week, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back. Thanks for joining us today. You're listening to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. This is your host, Tim Link, and I'm here with author uh, Julie Clam talking about her book, Love at First Bark, How Saving a Dog Can Sometimes Help You Save Yourself. Uh, now, Julie, tell us a little bit about that subtitle. How do you see uh, a dog saving someone or saving themselves? You know, I think it goes back to sort of what I was saying about the being able to make a difference. Sometimes it's so important in your life to be able to succeed at something and make a difference and make something positive happen, you know, to create change. Um, And, you know, so I tend to feel that way when I pull a dog out of a bad situation and I take them here and, you know, give them love and tell them they're safe and, you know, we work on finding a great home for them and then, you know, there's this huge feeling of, you know, of doing this wonderful accomplishment. And I think, you know, I think that there's there are many ways that just being involved with any sort of community service can do that for you. And and being involved with animals. It's extremely mentally healthy to be around dogs. Yeah, because they're, yeah. they're the great teachers, the great healers, and they're, yeah. there's always, a, you know, I'm, I always tell my clients and tell people I'm, uh, when I'm doing interviews, I tell them that animals really come to our life for a specific purpose, mm-hmm. whether we know it or not, and exactly. we just need to step back and let them do their, uh, do their work and recognize exactly. what that purpose is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, I, I mean, every dog I've known has, has taught me a lesson or done something. And they have this, you know, amazing attitude. You know, people talk about the unconditional love, but it's also like dogs don't hold grudges. You know, they don't have politics. They're not clicky. You know, they're not, it's, it's like there's this sort of like, there's a simplicity about how they deal with things that, you know, we can all take lessons from. Yeah, they don't have to deal with the, uh, I call it the ego aspect of, of human mm-hmm. nature. You know, we right. always get caught up in the, what's going on in our lives and the uh, cars we drive and the houses we live in and what people think of us. And animals, mm-hmm. they, they don't care about any of that. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Not at all. They've got their own issues. <laughs> cooking the bacon that's right where's my bacon today and when am i going to get to take my nap that's usually the, right, exactly. right at the top of the list it's a good life if you can get it oh i know i know i'm, I'm all for it <laughs> now julie if you had to have uh, the readers if you wanted to have one takeaway from the book that you'd like to have the readers walk away with what would that be but the feeling that, that I would like people to have and the idea that I sort of want to put out there is that, that, you know, it's a good thing in life to take risks and that you can go into these situations doing as much or as little as you want. And um, by taking the risk, you, you, find, you can really find something about yourself. You can find something that you can do for the world and, you know, you come out the other side and you're all better for it, whether, you know, whether it's a paper success or not. It's also that, you know, if people want to do something, I think sometimes people are afraid to, to volunteer because they don't have, you know, they don't think they have enough time. And 
there are many ways you can do it in in as small a way as you can. I mean, you can go one time to a shelter and walk dogs, you know, if and you could never do it again or you can, you know, work at one fundraiser or something that you can you can do these things without worrying that it's going to take over your life and it it really does make you feel like you're a part of things. Absolutely. I think those are great points. You know, the fact that uh, there's a lot of wonderful rescue groups out there, a lot of uh, shelters that need help. And it could be anything. It could be simply not only your, your tithing of your, your treasures, you know, finances uh, to help them out, but uh, volunteering your time just to uh, walk the animals, be with them, pet them. Or even if you have other skills, if you have skills as a, a computer programmer, well, guess what? They have websites also and they need help with right. that as well. So there's a lot of ways you can get involved that will definitely help uh, make you feel more fulfilled and help uh, these beautiful animals. Yeah, now, Julie, I, I want to ask you, now you've written uh, many articles for magazines, and obviously you've had success in uh, television, You know, being nominated for an Emmy for your work with VH1 Pop-Up Video and uh, all the work there. How is the process of writing for a magazine article or writing uh, something for television different than the process of uh, writing and putting together a book? Well, writing for Pop-Up Video was very much like writing for magazines where you know it was like little short short pieces of writing and magazine writing can be two pages long or it can be, you know, 10 pages long, but it's a smaller theme for a book. You need to have something that's going to bring people through the whole process. So it's sort of daunting to start because you can have a sense of something that you want to write about, but you know that you really have to have the whole thing sort of fleshed out. And sometimes, I mean, when I, the first book that I wrote, I kept thinking, how am I going to remember what I wrote in the beginning when I'm on the, you know, sixth chapter? Right, so you're not repeating yourself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, And, um, you know, fortunately, you can read things over as you're doing them and have great editors who make sure that you you stay on your point. I work with an outline and, um, you know, try to sort of, like, keep checking in to make sure I do do what I'm setting out to do. But it's, um, you know, it's, it's certainly... I feel like with books, it's more of your own self with magazines and, you know, with pop-up video, we, I was writing for a specific voice that wasn't necessarily mine. With magazine essays, it's my voice, but, you know, when I first started writing, you know, pieces like, why do, you know, why do people lie? You know, it's like whatever it is, you're writing for whatever magazine and the way they want it to be written. And the thing about writing essays and writing uh, memoir is that it's my own way of saying something, even if it sounds funny to somebody else, I don't have to change it. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's an important part of it, the fact that you know, you're writing from your heart. These are experiences you've had and uh, things that have touched your life and touched your heart. So in the book, it gives us a chance not only to meet the animals that have come into your life, but also your family, as well as your take on things and get to know mm-hmm. you a little bit better as well. Right, right, yeah. Well, that's that's what I hope to do, you know, sort of give everybody a, a little um, bird's eye view of the crazy um, life that I'm living. There you go. <laughs> they I don't think... have to do it. <laughs> <laughs> and you did a fine job of it, so I think you did great work with <laughs> Thank it. Thank you. Now, Julie, where can uh, people learn more about you and uh, learn more about the book Love at First Bark? I have a website, and it's uh, julieclam, K-L-A-M dot com. And um, there are some videos on there that we did for the book that are funny and enjoyable to watch. And more about Love at First Bark and my first dog book, You Had Me at Wolf, is out in paperback and it's on there too. 
So there's a there's a lot of information there. Do you have a Facebook account as well? I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. I'm, I'm I'm everywhere the internet goes. <laughs> <laughs> so you can find her on there. There you go. <laughs> So you can find out more about uh, Julie by going to uh, julieclam.com, that's K-L-A-M, and uh, pick up a copy of the book, Love at First Bark. And while you're at, pick up a copy of the first book, too, You Have Me at Wolf. That's another great book you can put together. So big kudos on all that. Oh, thanks so much. We appreciate you being on the show today. And uh, like I said, book's available nationwide. It's called Love at First Bark, How Saving a Dog Can Sometimes Help You Save Yourself. So that's a great book. Good job, Julie. We appreciate it. And thanks for coming on uh, Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Thank you so much. Take care. Take care. Well, we're coming to the end of the show today. I'd like to thank all the listeners for listening to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. i also like to send a big thank you to our sponsors and producers for making this show possible. To find out more about me, Tim Link, and the other guests and other interviews that I've had, you can always visit the Animal Rights tab on Pet Life Radio. Go to PetLifeRadio.com. Click on Animal Rights. You can download this show and other shows there and also read the blog that I have to get all kinds of helpful hints and tidbits and helpful advice. And while you're at it, uh, make sure you check out all the other shows and hosts that we have on the network. A lot of great information there, a lot of great shows you can download. It's PetLifeRadio.com. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas for the show, please feel free to uh, drop me a line. You can email me at Tim at PetLifeRadio.com. It's Tim at PetLifeRadio.com. And I'll be glad to answer your questions, entertain your comments, and uh, get the people you want the most on this show. So until next time, write a great story about the animals in your life, share it in a blog, article, or in a book. And who knows, you may be the next guest on Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Thanks for joining us. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.